Hello, and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And it's a new day in shiny world. Welcome to shiny world, uh, everyone. Doesn't the air Chinese feel clearer today? 2020, and the sky is clear, the birds are singing, flowers are in bloom in the middle of fall. It's truly <laughs> wonderful. Uh, <sighs> Our dear, sweet Sergeant Mino is back. He has returned to us from the Marines. Our sweet angel. It's so and shiny. Shiny antics have begun again. Immediately. Shinanigans are immediately up and running. Oh, and I just feel great. Yeah, I feel I feel like people have maybe been like waiting for us like on the socials the past couple of days. But I haven't said anything just because... My my feelings about Shiny are, they cannot be Immense. condensed into texts, <laughs> you know? We, y'all know. Our feelings are not concise. It's much deeper. It's a thing so. I can't explain in words. But just know that, like, a piece of our soul is, like, free now. And, like, everything is right. And a, a small, like, cage I put around my heart two years ago for itself is now open because they are here my shiny is here and I don't have to feel sad about anything and even if I do feel sad about things I can turn to my shiny to make me feel better shiny anyway I just had to say that up top because if we put this episode out without like acknowledging shiny 2020 people would think something was wrong with us but (laughs) it's still book club time yes still time for book clubs and today we are returning with a uh, a return back to the lighter side of this fun book and this fun book club so today we're doing some shine book club games yeah so we were joined by jesse from certified nunas and we had a really good time uh we're going to talk about some kernels of truth and things we theorize might be true about the book and then we play a little mad libs with some of these clunky ass paragraphs uh, and it was a lot of fun so uh without any further ado take it away past shannon and angelica all right welcome to third act of shine book club and this time we are joined by jesse from certified nunas welcome jesse hi thanks for having me welcome to the show um, so we've been asking all of our guests on book club episodes, how was your experience of shine? Little review. How did it, how did it treat you? Um, well, as good as expected, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm not really a rom-com person, so it's definitely not my genre to begin with. Mm. Uh, but I wanted to read it just because, you know, because, uh, <laughs> for the culture. But, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a thing. And uh, I would say it's it's a book. <laughs> it certainly is a book. Yeah. I mean. That's my favorite review so far. It's a book. <laughs> it's a book. Um, it was okay. Did you have any expectations going into it? Like you said that you're not really a rom-com person. Did you go into it thinking that that's what it was going to be? 
Um, I thought that it was going to be a rom-com. I mm. did, like, get surprised towards the end that it became not a rom-com, essentially. <laughs> um, so that was a kind of a huge plot turn that I wasn't expecting ever to have happen. Um, but I didn't actually come in with that much into it. I just kind of, like, I figured it wasn't going to be the greatest written book no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was already in a genre that I already didn't like, so I have to, like, allow that to not kind of like cloud my judgment on it just because it's not my genre. It doesn't mean it's not anybody else's. Um, so yeah, I, I came in with like no hopes essentially. So <laughs> The bar was low to the begin bar was, with. Like, really low. So it, like things happened that I was like happy with. So there's that. So there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of surprises in it. Um, yeah. So all in all, it's, it, it's not my favorite and it's, got some huge messy problems with it but i mean which part do you think which part did you think was the messiest yes because we're like three we're three episodes deep now we've spoiled this whole book yeah yeah, yeah. you can say you don't have to hold Um, anything let us know what you're like i think it the i don't think any of the characters ever got anything like, there was no attention on him to make you actually, like, feel anything for it. Yes. The characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was obvious things that you, that she wanted in the book. And obvious tropes that she wanted to have happen. And it's, like, a, it's a book that's going to have tropes. But this was a book that had, like, 4,000 times the tropes than a normal YA <laughs> rom-com type book is. Right. So that bogged down the story. Um, and I think going into it knowing K-pop, it is mm-hmm. terrible. <laughs> because yes. there's so much in it. And I don't know if it's like a purposeful thing. Like maybe she purposely made it so unbelievable that like as a K-pop person who knows a little bit more. Obviously, I don't know ins because I'm not part of the right. industry. But I feel like that made the book seem just like kind of off the entire time like yes a regular like person who's just like picking up the book who's never been into k-pop i think would get more out of the book than like a fan which is kind of sad because fans are going to be the ones reading this book right Mm -hmm. this is the big this is the great debate that's been happening around this book club in general is like the idea of is it so wild because of korea's defamation laws that like she couldn't put anything that was too close to being true because she'd get in trouble or is this whole book like a ploy to sort of get non-k-pop fans to read a ya novel because k-pop fans know that it's so far off from the industry that exists in our reality yeah but it's like who is this book for so everybody's kind of generally confused about like who is this book for yeah that's the big question right it's like who's the audience because you would think like especially being marketed as a book written by like a former k-pop star herself right you would think that the way it's marketed is like trying to grab people who already care about K-pop, but it's so clearly written for people who know nothing about K-pop that it's like, maybe the the marketing team and the ghostwriting team didn't communicate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got a little crossed. I mean, I guess it could be that the like the the team, especially in the U.S., didn't want to market it as a K-pop group, even like past the defamation stuff it might be that like they thought it wasn't going to 
reach as much people as it could be just as a kind of standard YA with like a little bit of this K-pop into it just to kind of draw people a little bit more. Yeah. My theory is that this is was intentionally like purposefully shopped as a Netflix movie and somebody was like, you have to write the book first and then we'll say that it's based on a book. Like, cause the way that it's paced out is like beat for beat, every Netflix rom-com, like the book just, to me, it feels like a vehicle. Like they just wanted to make the movie. They just want to make a movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a K-drama or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. well, that's even the thing. Like I, I know a lot of people kind of like, compared it to a k-drama but i actually don't think it's like a k-drama at all like there's a lot of stuff that deviates from the standard k-drama kind of hits and this book doesn't do that it's definitely a western book like so it's like Mm -hmm. definitely once that's teen rom-com audience so yeah yeah, that really struck us too that this felt very very much geared toward a western audience and the Mm -hmm. sort of like western ideas of what a young hollywood romance would be like um and in that sense by the paparazzi yeah dating scandal like that's very hollywood Ooh, uh a dating scandal that was all the mastermind of the pr company whatever Mm -hmm. like like that's so hollywood yeah and then like you're like but a dating scandal would like ruin everyone exactly Exactly. you're like no it would ruin everyone including this 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 jason character yeah Yeah. (laughs) um well that brings us to our uh first discussion today which we've been waiting to get to since episode one which is the thing that everybody was hoping when we heard that international k-pop superstar jessica jung was writing a ya novel (laughs) is that there would be that we would learn some dirt Mm -hmm. like something about k-pop stars that we know because she's gonna she's gonna say something about someone um and like we said there's very strong defamation laws so like anything like that dixie chicks album there's details but they probably were changed because (laughs) nobody wants to get sued right yeah um so we want to discuss like who, what parts we, the kernels of truth, we're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main question, and Helika, you told me that you saw an interview with Jessica saying that Jace, like something about Jason and his. Yes. Yeah, so I read there, she did a, I believe it was in like short New York Times interview where they asked her like about the book. And she mentioned that. Um, the only character who is one specific person is uh, the little sister Leah, right? She is specifically supposed to be Crystal. Crystal even picked the character's name. Like she's entirely based on her and is like a factual like person. <laughs> but that Jason and uh, is a is inspired by someone. Like that she did admit that Jason and Mina, both characters, are inspired by real people that she knew while in the industry. But she didn't disclose that it was one specific person and she of course didn't hint to any like who it could be. Um so that was our first question. Who could Jason possibly be? Do you have any yes. hypotheses about that, Jesse? Before, before we, we get into our list. I, <laughs> I mean like and to be honest, I'm not a Girls' Generation fan. I don't know much about them or Jessica. Um, but I am a very big 2PM fan. So okay, great. So I do know <laughs> the, the one that could be a potential would be Tech. Yes. Okay, perfect. 
this was your He's beautiful one segues <laughs> because okay. we're starting with what I'm calling the 2 p.m. quadrant of okay. guesses. Okay. And yes, Tech is our strongest candidate mm-hmm. because he did have actual dating rumors with Jessica. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, we've talked about this when we did that, when we talked about like mishmash groups a bazillion mm-hmm. years ago. We talked about how 2 p.m. and Girls' Generation used to like promote as like a kind of weird co-ed group and they would do yep. like musical numbers at award shows yeah. and that when like they did, horrific water park yeah, commercials yes the yeah. caribbean <laughs> bay commercials yes so uh when they did those tech and yuna were always paired up that was the like front facing couple right but the rumor was always that it was like jessica and tech in the background and they were paparazzi caught in Japan one time, like at a coffee place. Mm. So like, is it a date? Is it not? What were they doing in Japan? Gasp. But Taekyun is from Boston, which is Canada. It's not that far from enough. Canada. <laughs> I mean, it's English speaking. Like, right? Yeah, he spent most of his, yeah, younger years there. So he's got that angle, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then today I was made aware of another 2 p.m. angle that it could possibly be. And this is one Jay Park. Oh. Because of a specific this and people forget this because Jay was let go so early on, but mm-hmm. he was very, very popular and he was the leader of 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And there was a show called Idol Army and every season was like hosted by a different idol group and 2 p.m. hosted the third season. And on the Girls' Generation episode, they were like doing this big elaborate game to like pick partners and Jay like did this like Archer like dance for Jessica and then the production crew like called him out and said that the, when he sent the track to the production crew it was titled for when I seduce Jessica. <laughs> so like the whole episode is like titled like subtitled the seduction of Jessica like uh-huh. that was the big so Jay Park so, is also Western. Jay Park also scandal ridden. Like, yeah, in potential. Terms of, like the personalities. He's definitely more Jay Park than he is Tech. Like for sure. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like I had briefly thought about that, but I'm not a, a fan of Jay Park, so I don't pay attention to anything he does really. <laughs> so um, I didn't know if he had a connection, and I got into 2 p.m. like after he had already left. So. Yes. Um, so there's that one. And then I guess apparently many years later, Jessica, like once they were both gone from their groups, Jessica and Jay did like a fashion campaign together. Yeah. So like they've existed in the same space. Yeah. Is the point. And Jay is also from the United States, right? So he fits mm-hmm. the foreign idol yeah. profile. Yeah, the, like perfectly because Tech is actually was born there. So like that. Right. Yeah. He's like one of those ones who like went to elementary school. Yeah, in America like who spent and then most like of his like years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But then the last 2 p.m. uh person in question, and I think it's like the least likely, but there's chance that there's inspiration in there. And this is Nakoon, because mm-hmm. Kuhn is very, very wealthy. Like Jason is very, very mm-hmm. wealthy. Yeah. And his family like basically owns like this the town he's from in thailand yeah. like when i remember when he and we got married when he took uh victoria to the to his ha- home in thailand and like everybody on the street was just like nakoon like hello yeah. prince is like he's back hello so i was like that fits 
Yeah, and Kuhn publicly dated Jessica's, like, only public friend in her group, which was Tiffany. Mm -hmm. And when that news broke, because it was the Dispatch January 1 couple that year, people thought that it might have been fake because Nakun had had drunk driving scandals. And, like, so people didn't quite believe that relationship at first Mm -hmm. and thought that it might be a a press ploy. Mm. So, in that, like, she... Because if I were her, I would, like say it's about someone but it's not actually someone i ever dated and so i just like knew details from and so like if it was anybody like i could see nikun being that person because like and i don't think she actually like dated right because you'd get all totally. the dirt from the yeah. friend yeah to be yeah, able yeah, yeah. to write about the boyfriend yeah and his character is very specific in what it wants to do because he can basically contains two major plot points that the book really wanted to express so i feel like his character already had to be fake just to, like, make that a thing. Because mm. you want the the person who, like, is showing those two major things about, like, you know, being Korean-American or Korean-Canadian, you know, not Korean-born. And kind of the, like, misogynistic. Yes. Like, microaggressions. You'd want it in someone like the boyfriend or the, like, person who's always around. And that's, like, very specific. So, like... It could possibly be that she would never have someone, like, actually in her life that fits mm-hmm. it. So she kind of just went around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that brings us... So that's the two PMs that mm-hmm. could possibly be Jason. Okay. Now we're going to go take it to the family. And we okay. have three SM families that we okay. think it might could be. I have the a theory f- on one. <laughs> I think it's funny that all of the non-SM related possibilities are all from 2 p.m. <laughs> like all of because that's from... how small the industry it's was true. in 2007. Well, yeah, they were they just really like six groups. Did push them together. Like yeah. they were always like doing stuff together. They so were. I see that. They were. It's true. Yeah, I miss those days so much. But anyway. <sighs> 2 p.m. <laughs> oh, okay, so first SM candidate, which feels pretty strong, is dong hey from yes. super junior mm-hmm. For sure. and this is because in 2012 a picture surfaced online that was of jessica and dong hey and they're like heads are together it's quite coupley and based on the haircuts it was much older than 2012 so then people were like did they date like back in early trainee days, days. Mm-hmm. yeah Yes. Um, and like, yeah, Donghae, like we were wondering when thinking about this book, like if it's based on any kind of Jessica's actual training period, then the boys she would have been around would have been super juniors. Mm-hmm. So we were like, which of the super juniors? And then our guests on last week's episode let us in on this Donghae tea. And so we're like, hmm. I could also see Donghae. He's the, the boy that always has the guitar around. And that kind of is oh a my god, that like happens in Shine. So. Oh my god, you're right. He is totally that guy at the party who pulls out his guitar. That is 100%. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it would fit as far as like Jason being the slightly, the like slightly more experienced group that has already debuted. Like that mm-hmm. fits with in Super Junior. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Highly suspicious. (laughs) Highly suspicious. And for the general plot points, like, I don't, I've never heard stories about, like, Donghae being a diva or anything, but we could all state from fact that Super Junior tends to get away with a lot. Yeah. So, like, for that angle, like, that's probably a decent group to look to for people who would have been, in Jessica's time, 
getting away with eating in the practice room or whatever. Like those boys would have been super juniors. I will, however, in his defense, of course, because you love him so say, <laughs> I will say only that Donghae seems to be one of the harder working super juniors. Yes. So yes, I don't know true. if he would necessarily be the like slacker, like you know what I mean? Like yeah. What's the what's the word I'm thinking? Golden boy. Um, yes. I don't. If there's one of those in Super Junior, I don't think it's Donghae. Um, mm-hmm. But it's probably Heechul, right? And that's what I was gonna say. I was like, <laughs> what it's if probably it's like all of Super Junior together, just in one. They become person. Jason, <laughs> yeah. Mega Mecha Jason. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what we mostly think of for Mina, but we'll get to her. But we'll like, get to her it in could a easily just be a combination oh. of all twelve Super Juniors. <laughs> also, just a. Pull it back to 2 p.m. Please. Really uh, it, it, it is weird that the only person you really hear about who's in the group with him is named Minjoon. Just just throwing that out there. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> Wait, why? That's I don't get June it. That's Junke's name. Oh. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of Interesting. <laughs> Think about that and we'll go ahead into the mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So speaking of Super Junior, the next person on our list is somebody that I didn't think of immediately, but the Discord users brought up as a Canadian person because I was like, only Mark and Wendy are from Canada. And then they were like, no, Henry is from Canada. Henry would be a stretch, I think, though, because wouldn't he be pretty young? But he was like around. He was like. He definitely would have at least been a trainee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have at least been a trainee at the same time as her. Um, I thought Henry was a stretch because I don't find Henry charming. So, like, I don't think that he, like, has the personality to pull off what Jason, like, is supposedly able to do. But maybe (laughs) it's just the Canadian angle (laughs) of the whole thing. Sure, sure, sure. But, yeah, that Henry is mostly here because of the Canada-ness. And I was trying to think of other parallels. And it was like, oh, Jason was good at guitar and, like, Henry's good at violin. And that was his, like, angle. But, like, people also were, like, everyone hated Super Junior M and, like, but he seems like a dart, like a darling. Like, despite the fact that everybody hated Super Junior or Super Junior M, I always almost say Super M, but that's a different thing. Skip right over it. But people hated it so much and they kind of don't seem to care about, like, Zoomy or whatever, but they, like, love Henry and they have, like, protected Henry all of these years. Like, Mm. they love Henry. So I don't know. But yeah. but like I feel like their timelines wouldn't have overlapped t- too much. Yeah, cuz didn't he actually I don't know. He could have been in Super M kind of later too. Wasn't he like a little bit later or no? Did he I'm looking this up right Super now. M? He Super Junior M's came out a little bit after the original Super Junior did. I feel like I remember yeah. that from our Okay, Super Super, Henry prim, like <clears throat> debuted in the Don't Dawn music video which came out in 2007. Oh, and wow. Girls Generation debuted in 2006. Okay. Okay. Or so he would have been. So they were like the same class. Yeah. Yeah, and you know he probably actually, if we're going in that kind of angle of, uh, probably was kind of picked on because he was one of the non-Koreans. Right. Mm-hmm. That could be an angle. For sure. Yeah, definitely. When when it comes to like maybe that scene on the plane 
where like he had I mean obviously she could have had this conversation with Taekyun too I guess but I felt like the scene on the plane where Jason and Rachel like do connect about being mm-hmm. foreigners felt like one of the most realistic parts of the book be it, like really did seem yeah. genuine so like I guess that could have been a conversation that she would have been able to have with Henry like if that's you know if they were friends, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I wouldn't I want to be friends with him, no so idea. I wouldn't be interested in that kind of conversation, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I think Henry's cute. I don't think it's Henry. <laughs> I don't think I could handle him, like, every day, but, like, once in a while, when you need to, like, really get energized. Sure, like sure, funny... sure. That's probably true. Yes, yes, That's yes. True. Um, okay, so our last theory, re-Jason, Angelica presented this right when we finished the book, and I've thought about it so much, so I'm going to let you present it well my just immediate thought based on his general personality and golden boy status was that he had to be Beckyan. um <laughs> and even though Beckyan is not a foreigner right like that mm-hmm. he just like you know Beckyan is like famously a slacker I feel mm-hmm. like you know like he's constantly goofing off and no one ever gets mad at him for it and like you were saying before with like how you thought that Jason was probably, you know, like her friend's boyfriend and not someone mm-hmm. that she specifically dated. Beckyan dated Taeon, right? And so I feel, and he, I think, was, he was younger, right? They did have like a scandal where they got where they got um, found out and then his repercussions were like arguably way less consequential than hers. And I feel like because he's younger, it would have been really easy for him to be like super naive about the double standards that Taeon probably dealt with, like in de- yeah. in dating him and that Jessica would have been able to like observe Witness that from, that. yeah, from mm-hmm. like the third party. And so in that sense that like he seemed like a charming, like dick <laughs> which is pretty much how I think of Beckyan which is a charming ass uh and that like that idea of describing someone you didn't actually date yourself <laughs> like but just that. absorbed from yeah. S- yeah, over yeah, yeah. here from the peripheral <laughs> um no I could see that yeah so that's our list of potential Jasons unless anybody has thought of any in the last few minutes but I think that's a pretty. I think these are pretty good theories. Yeah, it's a good list. <laughs> Beckin was the one that I kept finding myself like picturing him as. Although sometimes I would, I would picture Kong Daniel's. Me face, too. I even, pictured Kong Daniel for I... I don't know why. Yeah, I think it was when they said that he was the most popular and everyone's favorite. He just became Kong Daniel in my my face just came yeah yeah yeah, yeah. see now like every time i thought of dong hey it just is dong hey just like i can only picture that just because i can picture dong hey with his guitar right (laughs) writing a song i don't know totally (laughs) yeah so dong hey is your strongest content if you had to vote if you had to pick one of these six or one that wasn't mentioned is there anyone else you think maybe it could be that we didn't bring up don't think so that I would know of. If I had to guess, it would be a combination between Tech and Donghae. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I don't know that, like, all of the stuff that happened in the book references sure. those two specifically, of you know? Yeah, that's Gotta fair. That's mix fair. it up a little bit. Yeah, because I don't know, like, she might not have been, like, it, like, I don't feel like Tech was so removed from 
the Korean side that he would have had an issue with being the international person, you know, mm-hmm. in the group. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Tech- kind of seems like. He didn't really struggle with, like, a language barrier, right? Like, did, mm. yeah. So I feel like, because he only, like we were saying before, he he was born in Korea and then lived in the Went U.S. Went to Boston for a, while, for a long time. Came back, came back, right? Yeah, and then came back. And, yeah. I mean, he still was fluent in both. And he helped Nikun for most of the time in 2 p.m. Yeah. But Nikun really was very dedicated in being good at Korean, too. Right. Yeah, so. That is true. That is true. And the Nikun, I mean, it... it an argument for it being Nikun would be that, like, him being Thai, I think maybe they could also, like, combine it with... Because that's also of, like, different. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. talked about that yeah. on the We Got Married episode where we did our Kuntoria deep dive that, like, they constantly, every episode, like, it was their precious nickname. They were the foreign couple and they were foreigners, yeah, the foreigners. and they made fun of everything they said and they were foreigners. And, like, mm-hmm. so I think that was... That was his role, and so they the way that they talk about like Jason's half white, and everybody loves him because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. different. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Nikun still to this day is still the foreigner, mm-hmm. even though he's great and like has an established right, and he's like, been around. He's been around for forever. forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's still like, the foreigner. Knows him. Yeah, and he's not even the only Thai idol anymore. Like, there's right. yeah. there's other ones. Whatever. Fair. Okay. So moving on to the next big question, which is, who is Mina? Um, and I have three contenders based on, like, uh, similarities to Mina. But like we said, I, we think Mina might be a mechazord of all of the worst parts of Girls' Generation. But the most popular <laughs> theory of who Mina is is Taeyeon. Like, hands down, mm-hmm. everyone just thinks that it's Taeyeon. Which I was like... As a very big fan of Taeyeon, I was, like, slightly surprised by it at first, but then I thought about it more, and I feel like anybody who's, like, like, you know, and, like, like when you, if you do, like, performing, like, people who are good at stuff can sometimes be nightmares because they're really good yep. at things and they don't have patience for other people, and mm-hmm. I feel like Taeyeon was the leader, and she is, like, very, very talented, and she, like, shown a lot, so, like, I could imagine that her and Jessica probably got into it a lot, like, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and they were also young. Yes. Being forced to be in close quarters with each other. Yeah, and... Idol. Yeah, and Taeyeon was, like, the lead vocal while Jessica was the main vocal, so there's probably already, like, a bit of competitiveness. And I also thought, like, I I kind of pictured Taeyeon, Mina as Taeyeon sometimes, too. Like, that was sometimes the face that came to mind. I didn't always... She kind of, like, wavered. I, like, (laughs) thought of different people while I was reading. Um, But sometimes I would picture Taeyeon also because I felt like because of that, like, you know, maybe Jessica resented the fact that she wasn't the lead vocal because she makes Rachel the lead vocal in the group. Mm. Um, and so I was like, maybe just like from her own projection and resentment, like she is like Taeyeon is Mina because Jessica was always like bitter about the fact that she wasn't the main vocal or the lead vocal. Um, but I, Taeyeon always struck me as like a very nice person. So, so like the way that yeah. Mina is so mean is like mm-hmm. hard for me to picture any of them like seriously being that yeah. mean to each other. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, another... just, she's just so ruthless. <laughs> like the degree yeah. to which how mean she is. Like I don't know. But you need that character, of course, as per trope wise. Mm-hmm. It has to be so terrible that like you're like, well, just 
be a serial killer already. Come on. Right. Like, oh my God. what are you doing? Really, though, like, the lines <laughs> that she crossed were yeah. far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they were out there. Yeah. Um, one of the, like, biggest pieces of evidence to support potential Jessica Tay on beef is that, like, the rumor was that T. Tay So was supposed to have Jessica in it because Jessica was, like, So Hyun was not popular. So, like, people did not expect her to get put in the subunit. But, like, the rumor was that Taeyeon refused to work with Jessica in a subunit. So, like, that's how that went down is really? the Maybe Mina's like the personification of that like grudge. So it's not like she was exactly that mean, but like that's how it felt to Mm -hmm. young Jessica, you know? Oh my god, maybe this whole summer heat trio thing is just like Jessica writing out her fantasy of being T Teso. Like she never got it and she never got (laughs) to be in that trio. So she's like getting her getting it now. That's hot tea. That's some hot gossip. Yeah, I didn't know about hot that. gossip. No, thank you. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you to Scrambled Eggio in our Discord, who is a hardcore zone. And I said, "Give me all the old school dirt." And I was sent many videos, and I'm catching up. <laughs> good, good. Um, but the next one that they thought it could potentially be is Soo Young, just because there are a few like variety show clips from back in the day when these girls lived on variety shows, where Soo Young mm-hmm. and Jessica get a little snipe by at each other okay and um and she also like Young is very beautiful and has super ice princess energy like i feel like if jessica wasn't in the group she would have been the one who got like the ice princess or whatever because <laughs> she's got like supermodel whatever so potentially Young. but then the next one that okay. i think has the most in common with mina is sunny because sunny is related to lee su man um so, and even though people have said eh, she didn't get special treatment, like, come on, though. She's related yeah, to yeah, the, Come on. Like, so isn't, that's. Yeah, isn't she like his it. niece? Yes. Like, it's a close relation, yes. right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, not there's, like there's she's. no a, way that there's going to be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, 100%. the fact that Mina is, like, connected and is mean, but that she also isn't getting the spotlight that she feels like she deserves is what mm-hmm. I feel like. Because, yeah, Soo Young was also, like, the main dancer, but, like, people say that she's ugly and, like, right. she would be in the center, but, like, she didn't. So, I don't know. I think your theory that, like, Mina is just, like, a mechazord of all the worst parts of every member of Girls' Generation no. makes a lot of sense, I guess. Yeah, because it seems like, I mean, I feel, I felt like there were a lot of moments in the book where I was picking up on, you know, old bitterness <laughs> that's still yeah. burning bright. So to me, I just sort of felt like I was picking up all these little pieces where I was like, I think she hates everyone in Girls' Generation. Like, I think she <laughs> hates them all. And that, like, she took one thing she disliked from every person and just smushed <laughs> them into one person was like, she's mean. Mina. And that's how we got Mina. The Mina. The mean one. <laughs> Um, but oh speaking of old grudges, we touched on this last week, so like we don't have to talk about it forever. But we discussed last week that we think if anybody in the book is Jessica, that Kong Gina is Jessica. Um, I thought first had this spark of a thought when she described the way that Kong Gina looked 
in the fancy buffet in the Jeju Hotel. Like, she mm-hmm. went on and on about how she looked so fashionable and glamorous in her sparkly nails, but, like, oh, effortless and cool. And I'm like, that's how Jessica thinks she, like, she was describing herself. I could feel it. And then, yeah, <laughs> the, like, the way that Kong Gina is, like, betrayed by her company and her group and, like, uh, it that it felt like the most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the way that she was, like, not only, you know, kicked out of the group sort of in disgrace and, like, painted as the diva in the in the press, um, but it also happened to be, like, she also happened to be in a relationship. And so, like, all of those things are true of how Jessica left SM, right? Like, sure, yeah. SM tried to put out these, like, placid statements of, like, Let's solve. We all just want to go separate directions. It's fine. Right. Like we're all interested in separate things. Like I felt like, like without even being a, a son or like knowing anything about the fandom, when I was getting to know K-pop, I feel like I knew Jessica as the one who abandoned her group (laughs) to like get married and move to New York and do fashion or something like that was the myth. That was the narrative. Yeah, that was the narrative I knew. And so, like, for me, some some random ass baby K-pop fan in in California, like, that's the impression that I had. Like, clearly she got dragged through the mud somehow when it really happened. Because, like, that myth pervades. Like, it's Mm -hmm. it's still around. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I I don't want to, like, go, like, too deep into it because I don't think she went this deep. But I could see her character being that like older sister trying to protect like show the wisdom of what had happened to her and it could happen and and, like kind of like it perceived in a character Mm. in the book like she's sure like tell rachel like an avatar for like herself that like if i had known on my way out of the building I would have told them all. I would have gotten yeah. my grand like, speech and I would have told new them. idols now. This is like my like. I'm telling you the you. truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Be careful. She definitely strikes me as the kind of person who, if she were to meet like a new idol now, she would be like, tell, like, let me tell you. You know what I mean? Like she would get <laughs> take like any opportunity to like impart wisdom or, or warnings or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, next thing on the list of uh, potential or things that are tr- based on true experiences in the book. We focused a lot about thinking it was very weird that they toured a single, and I do think it is still weird to tour a single. However, yep. I was reminded <laughs> by our Discord listeners that in 2009, Jessica did promote a weird fake joke song um, called Nangmyeon with Park Myung-soo for an Infinity Challenge episode and the song was like insanely popular and they performed Mm -hmm. it like all the time Um, and it even won the Melon Award that year for like best OST Um, so even though it seemed pretty silly like Jessica did have experience in like promoting a weird single by yourself so that's something yeah, but like two unknown trainees. I know that it's were too silly. Up. It's too silly. Yeah, it's just tour of Canada. And also, yeah, two girls, one guy. Like really, with the Korean like entertainment, like and K-pop people allow that to happen. I just don't. Yeah, 
That seems fishy. We yeah, got an, I mean. We got an email from a Canadian listener today who was, like, particularly offended by the idea of, like, K-pop anything making five stops in Canada. Like, they were very upset <laughs> yeah, about like, that. Wait a minute. Because that does this not happen. does not happen. <laughs> that's a legitimate, you know what, that's a real gripe. Yeah. I feel for that person. And I feel for every Canadian K-pop fan who had to read this blasphemy <laughs> in the book and be like, this never happens. This is Fiction. <laughs> um, the next thing that is on the truths list is I have now been fully informed that like Jessica did struggle with dancing. So Rachel having a very hard time dancing is like super true because I guess she used to forget choreo a lot. Like it was part of a thing they talked about when they introduced her on Weekly Idol. Like uh, she doesn't remember the dances. So that part... Okay very true though I did find so crazy can you imagine though like an idol today who's like like she always forgets the steps on stage like I cannot imagine anybody I can't imagine I don't know anybody getting away with that (laughs) I feel like because they do that like a lot of like interviews with EXO like half the group would be like yeah we're not good dancers so they put us in the back and you're like but like you're not good dancers just in EXO, but, like, comparatively in the world, you're great. So right. what are you talking about? Right. That's um, true. It is relative. When they're saying they're not good at something, you do have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, but that does, like, it. this, this plot point of, like, Rachel's not good at dancing just brings me to, like, a thing that bothered me about the book and I think will make again make a better movie is I felt like all of the descriptions of dancing and singing and practicing were like very lacking and like they were either like her being like no step left ooh, oh my foot and I was like this isn't fun to read and like I didn't feel like the person who like one of our discord listeners said it didn't feel like the person who wrote it had any experience with like singing for six straight hours and what that what that actually is like and that they sort of didn't and I know that will come across better in the movie but like it was weird to have a book try to describe someone not being able to get a dance right I I don't know maybe if she'd been a better writer or or the the ghost writer had any clue of Of how dancing works industry Yeah, the industry or dancing in general, like either way. Yeah. yeah, I know. I feel like we keep we keep bringing this up in every episode, but it's it's just the part that like I can't get over. I will I won't get over it, and it just seems like the ghostwriter and Jessica like really didn't talk, <laughs> and like no. so much of these things would have been. I don't know. Did Jessica even read the final book? Like, and she like approved know. of all of these things. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm really not. I just like can't wrap my brain around somebody who was an idol reading through that book and being like, "Yeah, that's right." right? Yeah, like, put my name on Rachel that. Only like, I like it. <laughs> rehearses two days a week. They actually allow that to happen. Like, okay, great. You are so good, good at segues, segway. Jesse. <laughs> I you can't even see the document that we're working off of, but you're just like. <laughs> running us right into it so this was something that we said in the first episode was so crazy like a part-time trainee like you must be getting overlooked all the time like how is she the favorite if she's never showing up Mm -hmm. we got an email from a listener who sent us a video from a former sm trainee named stella kim and she tells her whole story in this youtube video and she was an sm trainee who was slated to debut with girls generation but her parents were like not about the k-pop thing so she only got to train part-time 
but they still she was still so good they were gonna put her in the final group but like her parents freaked out and said actually no and pulled her um so they this listener was suggesting that it's that potentially like rachel's whole story of like being left out and doing part-time stuff and her parents not being supportive was Stella's story because that's not Jessica's story. Like her parents yeah. were all about her and her sister being famous. Like that's why they right. did that's all that. That's why they're both. That's why they're both and they got in as young as they did. Yeah. 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 Okay. I could see that. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting that like there was somebody that Jessica would have known who like has this similar to Rachel's story. So, hey, there we go. Yeah. Fact checking. But maybe like you should have made the character also good at dancing too. Right? I know. Boy, yeah. That's no. not fair. Not throwing up on shoes. The puke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. A- There's a lot of stuff that like makes her not like a good idol candidate. <laughs> yes. Like if you're only going to train two days a week, then you have to be spectacular at everything and you definitely can't puke on the company Golden Boy in front of everyone. Like, you just can't. Yeah. It's a risk. It is. Like, you're going to do it on stage. It just... Yeah. yeah. And, like, and also to not be good in front... Like, I, I think that the, oh, she's bad in front of the cameras thing is probably something they, like, specifically added in for it to be, like, a rom-com thing she's got to get over mm-hmm. or whatever. But... Uh, that also like really stuck in my I don't know it was like stuck in my side of like really like she's they're gonna let her debut and she can't answer a question on camera like that seems trainees are on camera constantly like if they're not being filmed by the company they're filming themselves like because they have to be like so they have to be used to being on camera like I'm thinking about all of the pre-debut footage that I've ever seen of 17 and it's like from the moment they like literally members with cameras are like crawling into bed waking you up until you fall asleep 20 hours later like you are Mm -hmm. on camera so I just come on Rachel I just also feel like (laughs) I know like fine she's not gonna be living in the dorms or whatever but like you never got a sense that she actually did anything during the week like herself. Right. <laughs> like, she didn't like yeah. practice things except for when like she actually got a, the gig essentially is when she started doing stuff at home. But like she just never did vocal lessons at home or like because there are things that you can do without like being actually at the company. Right. Just, and she's spending so much time boxing. Yeah. Don't you think that the people who are being so mean about her weight would be like you look too muscular Buff. you shouldn't be yeah, yeah, yeah. boxing anymore? No, but We're that... Like, why don't you use the boxing gym as space to do your dance practice? Boxing gyms have yeah. the padded floor and the full-length mirrors. And you said that business is bad, so yeah. it's usually yeah, empty anyway. There. So, yeah. like, what... Solve your problems, You could be proactive Rachel. about this, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, come on. Princess come on, Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> uh, but, yes, that one last point, and then we're going to play a fun game. And be almost done to put this book behind us until the next one is out. Um, but a thing that a listener brought up that I like have to touch on because it has been bothering me is we talked about like Rachel being a very bad friend to Akari and how it's like hard to relate to. 
And somebody was like, I think that Rachel is just not interested in friendship or other people because she clearly has so much time for her like rich twin friends. Like there's no good reason for her to like stop talking to Akari altogether unless yeah, they just true. like weren't mm-hmm. friends. And that's so frustrating as like a reader because you're supposed like I didn't there were so many times where I didn't sympathize with Rachel because she was being a bad friend or like mm-hmm. all the things that everyone thinks about her are true and so it was just like very frustrating (laughs) yeah and she was boring like even akari was kind of interesting i really liked her yeah i also think that the the writer themselves didn't care much about akari so they were like it's like on both like ends she just was the character that was doomed to just betrayed it all. Yes, and I yes. feel like go away. I feel like the the way that the trope went wrong though is I feel like in the YA romance novel, the real trope would have been that Akari is her true friend, but Mina mm-hmm. lets her into the gang and she then starts to distance from Akari yes. because she's hanging out yeah. with the cool girls now. That's the actual trope. But it was like Rachel had other friends that she spent a mm-hmm. ton of time with and they <laughs> yeah. knew all her secrets. They were all in on it. Yeah, she didn't need Mina. <laughs> like there was no reason for her to be friends with Mina or Akari or anyone. She has like her own friends. And so that's yeah, weird too. Especially cuz they didn't Yeah, they didn't do the like actual like the biggest trope which would have been a K-drama trope would have been you had a really terrible person she has a redemption story and they like are basically on either best friend terms or on good terms that's how the story would come out as a Mm k-drama that didn't happen in this at all so then it was like very weird too i was like this is what are we doing like there's no redemption you kind of thought they were going to be like redeeming because they had the yeah they they got there bonding in Mm -hmm. canada and then it was like nah nah let's just make her mean again i'm like okay yeah immediately back to competition like we had a moment of they could get to some sort of peaceable terms and then it was just like instantly tanked it was so ridiculous but it Yeah. uh, yeah it really seemed i guess like the trope they used was the idea of like her getting a boyfriend now she doesn't have time for her best friend but you're right, like, because of the twins, I mean, unless she is only friends with people when it's convenient, right? Right, like because the only she's reason not she's a good friend. friend. Right. The yes. only reason she's friends with the twins is because they go to school together, right? And they were like, oh, well, they only just happened to be in New York when she was because they had their own rich people thing. Like, yeah, they're just there. Yeah, they just, like, like happen okay. to be around. She's like, okay, I'll spend time with you. But, like, if they're not out of sight, out of mind True. for Rachel. like True. All right, well, that was fine. Get it all out of our system, shine. (laughs) Um, So we decided that we wanted to do, we like to play parlor games on this show, and one of my favorite parlor games from childhood and adulthood is just a classic Mad Lib. Um, And if you are unfamiliar with Mad Libs, this is an exercise where you take a piece of text and you remove some words, and then you... mark the spaces with the parts of speech like an adjective or a noun you pick new ones and then you read it back and now it's silly uh so i took some of the i took two very overloaded paragraphs from this book and i pulled words out and then and helica and jesse i will be asking you for parts of speech and we're gonna see how this goes (laughs) all right all right jesse will you first hit me with an adjective please um Purple. Perfect. Angelica, an animal. Oh, um, a sloth. 
Um, a verb ending in ing, Jesse. Skiing. Um, and Helika, a noun, please. Apple. Uh, Jesse, a title, like for a person or a job or something. Dentist. Great. Um, and Helika, can I have another noun, please? Um, maple syrup. I love this. Uh, Jesse, mode of transport, please. Bus. Um, Angelica, verb. Sing. Um, Jesse, a country. Canada. Uh, Angelica, body part. Elbow. Uh, Jesse, verb, present tense. Um, ran, or run. Perfect. Uh, Angelica, verb, please. Skip. Uh, an emotion, Jesse. Um, agony. <laughs> good, good word. <laughs> um, Angelica, verb ending in ing. Spitting. Um, another verb, Jesse. Um, sleeping or sleep. Or wait, excuse me, not asleep. An adjective. Forget it. An adjective. Oh. Uh, shiny. Angelica, a brand name. Colgate. <laughs> um, Jesse, a food. Um, rice. Uh, Angelica, a verb, please. Turn. Uh, Jesse, a place. Park. Um, adjective, Angelica. Rough. Color, Jesse. Uh, orange. Um, and now I need. From each of you all need two articles of clothing. Whoever wants to go first. Socks and a belt. Scarf and pants. Okay. Uh, Angelica, something you buy on vacation, like a souvenir. A puka shell necklace. Uh, Jesse, verb, please. Um, right. Uh, Angelica, a adjective. Smelly. And, uh, Jesse, a drink, please. Um, soju. Perfect. Okay, here is our new paragraph, and this is Jason and Rachel on vacation. Here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> Jason smiles at me like a purple sloth, and I find myself skiing back. All right, Apple Dentist, what's on the itinerary? What else? Maple syrup. The bus pulls to a stop. Jason sings out, holds the door open for me and Leah. Have you two ever been to Canada before? We both shake our elbows, and he runs. Well, then you're in for a skip. Welcome to Harajuku. I'm agonized. Everything is spitting with shiny... (laughs) 
from the Colgate show shines to the rainbow rice people are eating as they turn down the park, and the outfits. I suddenly feel rough in my orange socks. Everyone here is stunning in pink tulle scarves, retro knee belts, and pants covered top to bottom in puka shell necklaces. I write a girl with ombre violet hair sporting a smelly varsity jacket and a purse in the shape of a soju bottle. That was great. Oh, uh, that's that ominously that nonsense was not too far off from what it No, I think we we might have a story. Get our publishing deal. Yeah, All right. right. Someone okay. call us for the sequel. We're ready. We're ready. Okay, I have one more. Um and Helica, will you hit me with a landmark, please? A landmark. Um the Eiffel Tower. Um Jesse, can I have a drink again? Wine. Um, Angelica, color? Teal. Uh, Jesse, place? Um, kitchen. Uh, Angelica, plural noun? Lemons. Uh, Jesse, a minor celebrity. <laughs> It can be any celebrity if that's making your brain. Uh, um, who should I pick? Oh no! Oh no! I'm like blanking out every name a woman. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, minor celebrity. What's a celebrity? (laughs) Um. I don't, this is not a minor celebrity. Anyone. <laughs> That's okay. Only name, Celine Dion. Perfect. So. That's perfect. <laughs> I, any celebrity is fine. Um, Angelica, can I have a number, please? 22. Um, Jesse, a uh, building material. Uh, stone. Uh, Angelica, adjective, please. Gross. Grace. Gross. Great. Gross. Gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesse, a crafting supply. Uh, glue. Great. Um, Angelica, adjective again, please. Mm. Damp. <laughs> Jesse, noun. Cat. Oh wow. Uh, Angelica, another adjective. <laughs> Uh, Jesse, a food, please. Um, sandwich. Angelica, hit me with a food as well. Cheetos. Uh, Jesse, plural noun, please. Light bulbs. Perfect. Um, Angelica, crafting supply. Paper mache. Um, Jesse, one more food, please. Um, mac and cheese. Uh, Angelica, candy. Nerds. Um, Jesse, a place. Airport. Um, Angelica, verb. Jump. Uh, Jesse, a noun. Computer. 
Angelica, a verb ending in ing. Lunging. Jesse, can I have a verb ending in ing from you as well? Sitting. Um, and then Angelica, adjective. Crusty. Jesse, adjective. Slimy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, here's a scene from the fancy rich people party that happens at the end of the book. <clears throat> Last time I checked, Eiffel Tower Park doesn't have a wine-spouting fountain or hot teal inflatable kitchen filled to the brim with mini lemons. I'm also pretty certain that Celine Dion wasn't live-streaming herself DJing from the 22nd floor of a stone treehouse, completely covered in gross flakes of glue. Laid out next to the damp cat I remember from my childhood is a crack table filled to the brim with sandwiches in the shape of light bulbs and an artisanal Cheetos bar with toppings ranging from edible paper mache to mac and cheese flavored nerds. <laughs> the airport skyline jumps as the backdrop to the whole computer and every person I see seems to be lunging with what I can only describe as crusty, slimy, sitting joy. <laughs> Lunging with crusty joy. Oh my god, that's so gross. <laughs> also, I was I was in it for the light bulb shaped sandwiches, but I was out at the mac and cheese nerds. Yeah, <laughs> right. That was... I mean, it was there because he had the Cheetos, and you're like, mac and cheese and Cheetos kind of work together, and then. Yes, and also artisanal Cheetos. That sounds yeah. great. I don't know what right? that could be, but I'm, is that like yeah. the Trader Joe's like cheese yeah, crunchies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. They're organic. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Well, like we said, Amazing. that's barely different from what's in the book. That actual paragraph <laughs> is about like everything is like unicorns and cotton candy. And the, the minor celebrity I replaced is Diplo. Like, I would Diplo much rather watch Celine Dion. Celine Dion. <laughs> That's the party I want to go to. <laughs> DJ Dion. Uh, well, that was really fun. If you guys want to make any of your own Mad Libs from weird shine paragraphs, please send them to us because um, that stuff is always funny. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today, Jesse. It was a real delight oh. to have you here. I had yes. a lot of fun. Tell all of our listeners where they can find you. Okay, so you can find me if you want to hear me. I'm on the Certified Newness podcast. We talk about everything, not just music, but dramas. Uh, also, if you want all, all my socials and my website is Wine and a K Drama, you can find me there. So Amazing. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Yay. Yay. <laughs> well, that was just so much fun, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It's been a long time since I've played a Mad Lib. I'm not going to lie, but I kind of feel like the last time I did was with you. Yes, because I absolutely, for Christmas at one point in my early 20s, was given a like stack of Mad Libs books in like my Christmas stocking from my uncle. And then I like took them back to my house and it was like a fun activity yeah. when there were people over to just pull the Mad Libs book out and be like, let's play Mad Libs. Yes, I feel like I remember sitting in your living room in that house off of Old Torf and just like playing Mad Libs and also that game 
where we, oh my God, what was it called? We loved it so much. We would play it all. We would play it just the two of us sometimes where you like get a phrase and you have to draw it and then you hide it and then you pick it. Oh, Scriblish. Yes, that one. We used to do that one just the two of us. Oh my God. We've always loved parlor games. How cute. We are game people. We are game people. I wonder if that's a game we could, I wonder if that's a game we could, it might have to be Patreon because it's drawing. It's drawing. Yeah. But it would be really funny. Oh my god, if we had to like draw like a concept or a, a game or like a group. Weird. Okay, we'll put we'll put, file that away for potential future parlor <laughs> game episodes. Anyway, big thank anyway. you to uh Jesse for joining us and to all of our guests so far because we are reaching the end of our shine. The end road. of book club. The end yeah. the end of this of this book club of our first book club edition um yes so with that in mind our next episode will be a dream cast of who would you like to see in each of these roles but for this one we're gonna need some listener input so we have a google form with some of the main characters not all the characters we're not casting everybody but for some of the main important faces of this book um, we have google form so we want you to put in who you would cast uh, in the movie version of shine and uh, you can find that google form in the link tree on our Instagram and our Twitter. You can also find it in the episode description of this episode. Um, and let's see, when do I want all of those? Let me give you a due date, my my precious scholars. Um, I want your submissions in by Monday, November 23rd at 12 p.m. Pacific PST. Coast time. Yeah, Pacific Standard Time. So Great. that's your due date. That's your homework. Yeah. And I would say, like, nobody is really, like, no one is off limits. Like, idols, Western actors, Korean actors. Yeah. Like, whoever you're picturing is fine. But like I said, we want to cast this movie for real. So, like, you probably shouldn't pick any, like, 35-year-olds to play Jason. I'm just saying. Yeah. But or, like. Whatever your heart wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, for example, will try to pick someone for Jason, like, who can already speak English. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I may have pictured Beckyan while reading it. I understand he would never be able to play that part because his English sure. is fucking horrible. <laughs> so- <laughs> but whatever your casting criteria is, is fine. I'm just saying, like. If anybody comes to us, like, can I pick the, pick whoever you want? Because we just want to see what the pool is like. And yes. then we're going to gather a cast list and we're going to be casting directors and we're going to decide who's in this movie. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be just <laughs> idols either. I know I saw like some people were already chatting about this in the Discord and they were naming actors that they had in mind for certain things. And that's fine. I personally would, I probably will pick, will pick idols just because I have like a wider you know, slew of idol names and faces than I know than actors, but nobody's off limits really. I have some actors in my head for some certain roles. Oh, so yeah. I'm very mm. I'm excited. I think this will be fun. Um so stick around for that and uh, submit your choices. And in the meantime you can find us, chat with us at AMAKPopPod on Twitter and Instagram. Um you can find the link to our link tree in both of those places, which will take you to our Discord server where you can join the conversations that are happening every day. 
Um, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod, where we do bonus video content. November video coming soon. It's stage spotlight time, uh, stage outfit spotlight time again. Yes, SOS, send us a lifeline. We're drowning so in get ready. clothes. So get ready and make sure you're a member of Patreon if you want to see that. Um, we have a YouTube channel, Ask Me About K-Pop, the podcast on YouTube. Um spotify playlists we haven't made a new one in a while whatever y'all know where oh yeah i'm behind on our spotify playlist i'll i'll catch up it's fine y'all know where to find us it's all good um but thanks for uh coming and playing some games and chat and shine with us today and uh we'll see you next week bye bye -bye. you're our inspiration